0: Keyshawn J Will and
1: Max, the podcast. Check the guys out live weekday mornings from six to ten Eastern on ESPN Radio. Yates breaks out the most famous dude out of Boston in hip hop. I hear you, Yates. I see you, Yates. Keyshawn J Will and Max, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM Channel eighty, ESPN two, the ESPN app. Good morning, guys. What up, good morning, man. sir? Good morning, Kay. How are you? I'm
2: doing well. And yourself? I'm good, man. Why are you changing your voice? I don't know. Just because I thought you were changing your voice, man. Leave my voice. No, my here, voice man. is authentic. <laughs> I've heard the different voices now.
1: Yeah, ask Jay if he has hardwood floors. We'll see how authentic <laughs> Key's voice is.
2: Hey, Jay. Jay, you know it's like the whisper, the awkward <laughs> whisper yeah. during the breaks. <laughs> What's No, the we know hey, Jay, Jay has hardwood floors. We've seen floors. his floors, Max. Hey, yeah, Key. they're nice floors, by the hey, way. Key, he has those. He has in one of those your big steel backyard. refrigerators too. Hey, Key, do you have a pizza oven? A wood-burning pizza oven in your backyard? Man, I worked hard for mine. See how I shut that down? I'll shut it down. <laughs> Why do you I'll shut
3: it, <laughs> it down. Jay's worked very hard. Plank to the plank wood floors. Yeah, very the Y nice. plank. Yeah, yeah, but plank. you know what else he has? He has that big, big old refrigerators with the silver ones, you know, those Kimex mm-hmm. with the big giant knobs and stuff. What are they called?
1: Yeah. What
2: kind of refrigerators?
3: Yeah, you know, part? I don't. those are the expensive ones on the other aisle that I don't go on.
1: Jay's got the see-through <laughs> I, fridge. The you can see yeah, There you go, man. my house alone,
4: man.
3: He's probably got one of those big old giant ovens range things with the red knobs. Red wow, <laughs> Max. Think the red about knobs, how we – When we looked at those in the magazines growing up, Max, we really <laughs> the wanted to Jays just – Y'all the worst, <laughs> man. Y'all the worst. Get out of here. Color <laughs> knobs. We're color still knobs. working you with got the color nice – knobs on your oven? Yeah, you got the red ones. Plus, Jay, you know, Jay's bottoms. got someone to come and over and line up the all the bottles on the shoes.
1: so you can see through the fridge <laughs> and all the bottles are lined up real crisp. Yeah, you got to keep it sharp, man. You got to
3: keep it tight. You know what's so crazy? You said that I – if you uh, – Architectural Digest has a, a YouTube video out now. Mm-hmm. Are you and in it's it? Some, it's, it's similar to – they're trying to do like an MTV crib sort of deal, but they're doing like a lot of the celebrity homes. And, uh, you know, I went on the other night. We were watching it, and, man, you had to see something. That, like you said, Max, yeah. they got the perfectly lined up – I'm like, who refrigerator looks like that? I don't Ain't give a damn how many nobody's nobody's Nobody. I don't care how many nannies yes, and see. housekeepers and – I. No one lines up
1: be nice to nice to the world, though. Huh? The
2: sparkling water, yeah. the avion. You know, it's like, come on, man, seriously. I just want the world to recognize as much as Key gets on me about my hardwood floors, he is going to be pictured in Architectural Digest. No, yeah, of course. I'm not, I said I was watching oh. the video. Oh, I thought you
1: said they're oh. at your house. Key, I'd say there's a non negligible chance that eventually you will be featured in Architectural Digest.
3: You guys are reaching too far. All right, the uh, NBA season started Ah. off again last night, Max. (laughs) (laughs) uh, Max coughed again.
1: Remember when – well, on top of that, I'm losing my voice. Do do you remember when yesterday I was like, it's hard to imagine a Pat Riley, Eric Spolstra team. Wait, 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 before we get – are you still taking Jimmy Butler over Steph? Uh, I didn't before. I had had Steph third. I had Jimmy Butler fourth, I'm pretty sure. What? I had Live 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 and more You know, lied, lied, lied you know it was so Max. crazy? We so, could look it up. We could look it up. I think it was Luka Tatum, Steph Butler, uh, and then Brown. I think those were my one, two, three, four, five.
2: Max, you made the argument that you would take him out of anybody in the playoffs. I may have
1: explored that possibility, oh, but okay. I never made right. the argument. That's Sorry, good.
2: Key, you were saying? it's a good
3: tip No, I was saying what you ought to do is take a look at your phones mm-hmm. as I send one of my homeboy messages yesterday. Uh-oh. <laughs> and I just sent it to you guys because my buddy sent that to me yesterday. <laughs> Wait, a minute, I don't think
2: it's coming. Uh, I didn't get it yet. Oh, it's coming. It. Okay, let it. Yeah. All right.
1: But anyway, I, like I thought, it was hard to imagine Pat Riley, Ex-Bolster, Jimmy Butler team playing with house money. Like, oh, uh, you know what? We already got when we got home court back. We're good. And just, but Jay, that's what it looked like last night.
2: You know, I'm just gonna be very real with everybody. It, it's it's one of the historically poorest performance from starters that I've ever seen in an NBA playoff game ever in the history of the playoffs. i watching the playoffs since 89 when I was eight years old. I'm sure if you want to go back, you can find worse losses. But in the first half, the starters combined for 12 points. Derek White almost outscored the starters for the Miami heat in the first half. They combined for 18 throughout the course of the game. Right, 18, two starters had donuts, Key. So when you're just looking at this, 11 points in the first quarter is the fewest in franchise history. When I tell you all the records that were broken last night for the Miami Heat in the opposite direction of a poor performance, it was embarrassing last night. And I get that sometimes the ball just can't go in the bucket. I get that. But what I've seen throughout the course of this series, it's been a series of runs. So when you talk about game one, you talk about the Celtics, you know, coming out the gates early, um, he outscored them, Celtics, by 24 points in the third, right? They ran away with it. But it still, it felt like it was somewhat of a game. S- game two, Celtics outscored by 25 in the second half. Still, the Celtics made a little bit of a run. Game three, the Heat responded with 39 points in the first quarter. Celtics still made a push. This game last night was a straight smackdown. So shout-out to M.A. Odoka. Shout-out to the Boston Celtics. And they did it without Marcus Smart. And they did it with Robert Williams hobbling on the floor. I mean, that's where we are. And bam you out of bottle, the, you, Keith, five shots again. I'm sorry. Five shots, yeah. key. Yeah. You came off having 31 on 22 shots in game three. Like What's going on? Robert
3: You've Williams. You've been watching the playoffs for about a month now, Jay. And every single playoff series has one of these. Key not right? like this, though. No, every one. You go to the Memphis <laughs> Golden State game. It was like this. You go to Golden State uh, – Dallas, it looked like this. These games, everyone has had. So I'm not really panicking about the way it looked yesterday. It's even 2-2. They're going back down to Miami. If you have this happen again in Miami, and I understand the Celtics has dominated the quarters, no question about it. They won basically every single quarter except maybe two and a half. And so when you look at the way that this game ended on a lopsided situation and Jimmy Butler not really showing up based on probably his injury from the second half of the last game, prior to this game. I don't I'm not gonna go into a whole oh my God panic situation. Okay. Think about it. Every single is it about the playoff series has had one
1: of these stinker games. I, I, key, it. I'm with you. I'm with you about that but, but to though. me to me the issue last night was this the Heat have a chance if you got that killer instinct, right? You at least show up. Because if you can put them down 3-1, you're going to win the series. Overwhelming likelihood, right? Especially if you take two of them on the road. They didn't, it felt like they didn't show up. Not just poor – well, they, the shots weren't falling. They, they didn't show up to a game like that.
2: Well, here's the thing that you're worried about. And granted, everybody is banged up. Marcus Smart didn't play. Derek White had to play more minutes in front of him. And I get that time Lord Robert Williams is hobbled on a knee injury. I mean, he was you know, limping up and down the court. But Jimmy Butler with the knee, Tyler Hero, the sixth man of the year who averaged 20 points, who has yet to be seen realistically in these playoffs, did not play. And it just seems like, and bam, the the issue that I have is for you to revert back to taking five shots after game three, taking 20. Key, think about this. Games one and two, my man took a combined ten shots. He was averaging eight points. Okay, and I'm not putting this all on Bam. I'm just talking about the lack there of aggression that you worry about from the star players. So you're not getting that production from Bam. He went from taking 22 shots to taking five shots in the game where they were still getting blitz. If I'm getting blitz, I'm at least getting 20 shots up. I'm at least least setting the tone for what's going to happen next game. He's nowhere to be found. Jimmy Butler is hobbled. You still think he's going to come back, but he didn't get to the free throw line last night in the first half, so I'm worried about that. And then I'm watching guys like Max Struess who didn't score a point, a point. So all this raving that we had before about these undrafted guys that are playing critical minutes, like it gets you to a certain point, but you now you're worried about that. But you forward. said
3: all along, OJ, and I, and I say this too, though, dudes are undrafted for a reason. That,
2: exactly. I mean, that's the reality
3: of it. Yeah. I don't care what anybody say. Yeah, you get some outliers that make it in sports and, and, and you know, turn out to be some great stuff. But you can't have too many of
1: them. Yeah, and they're gonna you get turn you are gonna court, turn back the into field. pumpkins. Yeah. Yeah, you exactly. They're gonna yeah. be bad pumpkins with big seeds. So real quick, Jay, big I seeds. saw this stat muse I saw this stat muse thing about out of bio when uh, about Bam when Robert Williams played and when he didn't play. I just pulled it up. When Robert Williams was out 31 10, six and four, and when Robert Williams has played eight points, six boards, fewer than two assists, no steals. So you said Robert Williams being hobbled, but how much of Bam's aggression or lack thereof, as you put it, is a result of Robert Williams' presence?
2: Yo, I'm an all-star. I don't care. I'm an all-star. Like, it has to get to a certain point where you get to these games where it doesn't – I don't see you. I'm talented enough. I don't see you, and I'm going to be aggressive. So either you shoot your way out of it because your team needs you to score, but this mental collapse – That's a big-time story moving forward for a guy that is the second All-Star in this franchise.
1: The Heat did not make a shot until 322 left in the first quarter. Crazy. I'm still waiting for them to score their second point. That's the longest drought without a field goal to start any playoff game over the last quarter century. Crazy. Stats Incredible is brought to you by My Computer Career, training for a better life. Do you have any confidence that the Celtics or Heat could beat the Warriors at this point in the finals g jay J-Will and Max
0: the podcast it's demon time on prize picks where you can now win up to 100 times your money, that's right 100 times your money Quick withdrawals, easy gameplay, and an enormous selection of players and stat types are what make Prize the number one daily fantasy sports app. Go to PrizePicks.com/morning and use code Morning for a first deposit match up to one hundred dollars. That's PrizePicks.com/morning. Code Morning for a first deposit match up to one hundred dollars. Prize Picks. Pick more. Pick less. It's that easy.
2: So key. Yo, I, I, web- did a, I did a little exercise last night, Key and Max.
0: And I push you, up, g- sit-ups, so what'd you do?
2: I want you guys to tell me which would be better, a better festival or a better basketball team that the Kardashian family has established with people that they've dated. This is what I do at my free what time. What do you mean when
3: you say festival?
2: So, like a, a music festival.
3: Oh,
1: like, like a Coachella. You, yeah,
2: what would be a better act, like a better What are you
1: buying tickets Coachella? to, exactly. the, the concert or the, or the team or, right. or the game? So,
2: everybody's right. in their prime, so there's no sense of age okay it's all the about the kardashians kardashian or you talking about oh no the okay, kardashian sorry, yeah. family has dated okay so key he would be the basketball team allegedly uh, uh, yes that we've seen allegedly captured by tmz and everybody online and that we all you know chats about on reddit here we go basketball team james harden mm. ben simmons all lamar stars. odin mm. tristan thompson kyle kuzma chris humphreys rick fox he may have to be like the player coach and then Jordan Clarkson, it's a pretty good potentially team. Potentially coming off the bench, that's a um, that's a pretty good line. Did you say Kyle Kuzma? Yeah, I said Kyle Kuzma. C- yeah, I may have shooting. skipped over Kyle Kuzma. Yeah, Kyle Kuzma. A little more shooting. Wow, he got yeah, a good a wing. Good I mean, Ben Simmons defensive. We got James for the shooting.
1: Yeah, you'd like a few more shooters, but yeah, it's a very Fair. good team. Yeah. yeah. Okay.
2: And now let's go to the uh, to the festival, Coachella, whatever you want to call. Okay. It. French Montana. Mm-hmm. Okay. Trey Songs. Mm-hmm. Okay. Travis okay. Scott. Oh. Kanye West. Uh, the festival's Tiger. got it. Tiger,
3: I'm going to the okay. festival. Okay,
2: ASAP Rocky,
3: got yeah. it. Ray J, man. Oh, yeah. I mean, but still, Travis Barker.
1: I mean, yeah.
3: Oh yeah,
2: you are going to the? I'm buying the festival tickets. Yeah, I yeah, think I'm festival. going to the festival.
1: That's a pretty easy call.
2: But you may win an NBA championship on the other end, though. Mm. So
3: here's, so count the, <laughs> you know, I don't like count nobody <laughs> else's money, <laughs> but in your mind, think about the economics on the
2: basketball side.
3: Yeah, you know the guarantee. That's crazy. Well, obviously, you think about the money on the... the oh, the, I didn't
2: even say Kanye. Con- yeah, I said Kanye. Yeah,
3: yeah Kanye. that's what I said. You think about that,
2: I wonder, Huh? you do the math. Yeah, I, I, Kanye I, pushes him ahead, clearly. Yeah, Kanye gets him in the winning category. I, I don't know, James Harden, Ben Simmons, yeah, I mean, Con- they make up
1: a lot of... Kanye, James Harden. Yeah, but he but already had a B. Give or take, that's right? True. But she he already saying, had oh, a B. Oh, I forgot.
2: Devin Booker. Oh, the books in there, key. There's a no, shooting. Oh,
1: Devin Booker, there you
2: go. He was in Portofino this weekend. He was at the wedding.
1: There's your and shooting.
3: Right oh, and then ooh, ooh, ooh. How Miles Austin just, and ooh, Reggie Bush ooh. will buy tickets.
1: Man, it's just,
2: <laughs> I need one of these guys to win a championship. Come on, D Booker. So Somebody needs Harden, to carry the torch. Booker, Ben Simmons. They're not in good
1: places. I mean they're in great places economically. I'm just you know what I mean. I think the festival still has it, but Book evens it up a lot. Yeah, I'm going to the festival. Yeah.
3: A lot of
1: money. Any of those for dudes won sure. championships? Nope. g J-Will, and Max, the podcast.
4: For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click or just stop by Granger for the ones who get it done. We kind of wanted to go all in on this one for sure because we felt like it was a game that if we come out and play our game, we should win.
1: Wiggins will drive hard and flushes with a big right hand. A vicious right-handed jam by Andrew Wiggins.
0: He was an all-star for a reason. He's a fantastic two-way player. You don't win in the playoffs without guys like Wiggs.
1: Sky's the limit for him, and I think we're gonna able to unlock his potential. He's one of the best two-way wings in the NBA. I can tell you everybody in the Warriors organization is grateful he's here. Without
0: him, we would not be where we're at.
1: Keyshawn, J. Willamax, ESPN Radio, ESPN2, the ESPN app, SiriusXM Channel 80, your smart speaker say, play ESPN. You can download the podcast. We are presented by Progressive Insurance. And it is time for Straight Talk, brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless. So, I asked this um, J.J. Redick yesterday on this just in, Jay, Okay. And Key. Like, whoever wins this series, given the way the Warriors have looked recently... Like, do maybe the question's not can either one can be who has a better chance to beat the Warriors between these two teams? And how good is that chance?
2: Who has a better chance? Yeah, and how good is the chance? I mean, I, I, I think if Boston were completely healthy, I would probably give them the best chance to beat. The Warriors, because of the firepower that they have offensively, Um, because of Marcus Smart guarding the likes of a Stephen Curry, because of Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, those long wings, going against Andrew Wiggins, Clay Thompson, Jordan Poole. I would like the way those matchups looked for Boston. The thing you worry about, and I know that Golden State has, you know, when you think about Otto Porter having injuries, you think about Gary Payton II having injuries, being out, they're a little bit hobbled, but their starting core is still intact. I worry about the Celtics and I worry about Marcus Smart. And even though they won last night in a convincing manner, key, Marcus Smart is the engine to this car. He gets them going. So the injury to him, how will that play long term? How will that factor in with Robert Williams with the knee? The injuries worry me which probably make me consider the Golden State Warriors the favorite right now going into the NBA Finals cuz look at, they're going to sweep. They're going to sweep the Mavericks tonight.
1: They're going to sweep tonight. I, yeah. This series is over. It doesn't matter if it's a sweep Even if it's or a, a gentleman, gentleman sweep. So what's open. the difference? You feel it. It's done. Yeah,
3: yeah I, would, I would certainly say it's the Celtics. Everything that Jay said. <laughs> and what Jay was trying to say was that <laughs> the Celtics don't have a real opportunity and chance unless they are completely healthy. Miami, you, look, you never want to count anybody out, but I look at, Bam, I look at Tyler Hero, and they just don't give me the confidence. Even if Jimmy Butler was scoring 50 a night, they don't give me the confidence to believe that they're going to come to the party along with Jimmy. Where on the other hand, I think a healthy Marcus Smart, we saw him in game two, or was it it game two that he came back in, that we saw how that dynamic shifted once he got on the floor, he, he knew exactly what he needed to do to help lift his team. And then obviously Tatum chimed in along with Brown and the rest of Horford and the rest of the crew. Um, but they're going to be, un, they're going to be overmatched to some degree on the offensive side because Golden State stretches that floor, man, when they, it, it, they just got too much. They got
2: too much firepower, especially with Wiggins playing the way he's playing now. Key, I, I wanted to ask you a question. It all depends on how you define teammate, right? Because there's different levels to this. So, Michael Jordan, considered the greatest of all time, but you got it when you watched the last dance that there's a sense of fear when it came to Michael because he held you so accountable that at times he would debase you to a degree, right, to get you to play up to a level. Uh, You have LeBron James who's in that conversation, but at times, and I think LeBron's one of the greatest leaders the game of sports has ever seen, but people felt him to be a little bit too passive early in his career, and they hold that against him to a degree that he wasn't demonstrative like Jordan. So I found myself wondering, Stephen Curry maybe the best teammate of all time, one of the best teammates of all time? Does there. he create an environment that is so conducive, whether you're Kevin Durant, yeah, you're going to be top 10 of all time. KD, score one of the best scores the game of basketball has ever seen. Sure, come play with us. I'm not worried. I'm not insecure at all. I want to do my thing. You can do your thing. Hey, Jordan Poole. You're growing up like almost like Aaron Judge to a degree, right? In the farm system for the Yankees, you grew up in this system, thrive, win. I don't mind if you start. I come off the bench after my injury. I don't care. There is no ego associated with Stephen Curry, and at times we always talk about his shooting. We talk about his ability to dance. We don't talk about these nuances that make the Golden State Warrior environment so conducive to winning championships because he sets a different tone. If
1: if you want to make the argument, eventually that Steph is a top 10 all-time player. To me, that's your strongest argument. I hear you. He's the greatest shooter of all time, all those kind of things. But whatever deficiencies there are, if I say, well, he's never won finals MVP, if you want to make the argument.
3: Y'all look keep at the talking team. about
1: that. Look at the team, the environment that he creates. Even Man. by the way, defensively, he's not built like a defender, but he is present defensively. He's doing things. He is trying defensively. There's some guys who aren't even there. That's not Steph. If you want to argue that that level of teammate that he is and the environment he created puts him in the top 10. To me, that's the strongest argument.
2: I mean, I'll I'll tell you one last thing. Even, like, on the back end of the whole KD stuff, like seeing him fly all the way from the Bay Area to New York to sit down with Kevin, even though they went different ways, like, that's the type of leader this guy is, right? Like, in the midst of chaos, key, adversity, you know, feathers being ruffled, he's like, yo, it's all love, it's all good. Moving forward, and I don't know. Sometimes you meet people, man, and are like, yeah. I want to be a part of that.
1: Mm-hmm. He's created it. There's Yes, no, he I mean, has. Even the, even the idea where, like if I say something like, well, look, once an MVP-level player goes to join that team, there's nothing you can do. So once KD got there, but why did KD want to play there? It's not just because they're good. It's because he looks and goes – that's the way I want to play basketball. Mm-hmm. And you absolutely have to credit him He Steph even for that. pushed
2: the organization to bring back Gary Payton a second. Yeah. Like, he's like, no, this is happening. Like, you got hurt by this push in the back, by Dylan Brooks. We're going to take care of you because that's the culture that we've established here. He leads that culture. and it is a It's pod- incredible, man.
1: You know, a lot of times the reason basketball is barbershop talk is because, like boxing, yeah. which is also barbershop talk, right, you can almost reduce it to one-on-one, him versus him. But it is not one-on-one. Like, in the end, you have to evaluate the players within the context (coughs) of the team. And to me, that is a powerful argument for Steph. I agree.
3: All righty. I'm back now. (laughs) All righty. Where were you before? I had to run out and uh, grab something because I didn't want to have the same (laughs) issue that we had yesterday at the top of the show. He was unprepared, Um, that's all.
2: Oh, now I'm a, but, James, but that's a typical, wow.
3: but that's a typical coach. Blame yeah. the player <laughs> when they screw it up. Damn coach!
1: <laughs> Damn James, really? Listen, those were the the libraries were printed earlier, so that's uh, that's not on us. Well, that's straight talk, wireless, no contract, no compromise. And um, how big of a deal is it that Kyler Murray is skipping OTAs? What well, he is going to tell you next?
4: Support for this podcast and the following message comes from Wise, the account that helps you manage your money all around the world. Com unsportsmanlike.
1: Keyshawn J. Willemax, ESPN uh. Radio Series, XM Channel 80. We are presented by Progressive Insurance. Uh. All right, so, Kyler Murray will not be at Arizona Cardinals organized activities this week. <gasps> sources told ESPN's Adam Schefter. Oh. What does this mean? What does that mean? Who's about to trade for Kyler Murray? Keyshawn, please translate. All continues... All is quiet on the uh, Western front. Can I say that? On his uh, contract front. For now, sources say. How big of a deal is this? Key, how confident should we be that a deal will in fact get done, especially in light of the $230 million Deshaun Watson got? I can only imagine what they're asking for for Kyler. How, how, and, and then, like, is a deal going to get done? And if it is, how good can this team be? Um... I think that
3: the deal will get done eventually. There's nothing to worry. Look, man, it's organized team activity. It's OTA. It's not that big of a deal. I, I, would I like to have my quarterback there? If I was there, probably so. Um, but he's not missing anything. We're at the end of May, right? It, it, what is he missing? G- games doesn't start till September. Training camp is not till August. His preseason is in August. So he's not missing anything except pat and go and sitting in a classroom talking to teachers. That's it. So there's nothing there. I think a deal gets done in the summer uh, before training camp starts or doing training camp. And Deshaun Watson's deal certainly probably complicated some things to a degree, but NFL coaches, NFL owners, and NFL general managers, presidents of teams can't go off of what the Cleveland Browns decided to do with Deshaun. Although, the argument would be, if I was Kyler Murray, I don't give a damn what y'all think. I know what this dude got. And if he got that, then I feel a certain way about the way my contract should be
2: structured. And that's probably where you're at. Key, where do you think the comp would be between Kyler Murray and Deshaun Watson? Will, it, will they be comparable, close? Deshaun's
3: situation is such that it's, it's difficult to really put a finger on it, though, Jay, because the organization, the Cleveland Browns, did this. And a lot of the NFL owners aren't very happy at the structure and with the way that they did things with Deshaun's contract. And so Kyler Murray's situation is a little different. Kyler's going to probably say, I want with Deshaun. And Arizona's going to say, well, we're not Cleveland. Hmm. And so that's kind of where also, you're going to wind up at in the situation. He'll,
1: he'll still get what he's supposed to get. Let's just put it that way. And, and also, you know, Arizona will point out, <laughs> Kyler, they had to go get Deshaun. So the the thing they did to get him to sign with them because they did not already have him, they didn't draft him, is say we're going to guarantee all this money. That makes him choose Cleveland, right? Yep. Well, Arizona. That doesn't have. It's different because that's never happened before in NFL history. A player like that in his prime, essentially get bought by a team like that. Yeah.
3: And players don't like to miss money, Jay. Yeah. So he ain't making no. He's not making any money right now. Like Kyler Murray's not missing any money. You know, they they don't get paid like the NBA. They only get paid, I want to say, up until March, I believe, from the season till March is how they're doing it with the new collective bargaining agreement. So he's not missing any money. And you know how I go. When you start missing them checks,
2: it feels different. Yeah, I feel like a lot of this, a lot of the talk that's going to happen before he signs this deal is static, right? Just a a lot of uh, chirping that you're going to hear from people. But it feels like peace is inevitable between Kyler Murray and... And the Arizona Cardinals, and especially with the leverage that he has, right? We the, went crazy on Dak Prescott's situation. Exactly. Look what happened. But the key, them re signing Cliff Kingsbury to an extension, lets you know that they're tied back into the quarterback because they are a package deal. And the reality is that this team has gotten better each and every year. Last year they were 9 to 5 and early out, but still you want to see improvement. With guys like Marcus Hollywood, well, Brown coming on board, and then D-Hop obviously missing the first six games.
1: I want to circle back to Deshaun Watson. Number one, he's better than Kyler Murray, right? Because there are fewer, you know. Uh, last, last time we the saw him, personas. yeah. That's right, last time we saw him. And you can question Kyler Murray's durability. He's taller, basically. You know, he's like, a, Deshaun Watson's a bigger guy, right? And Kyler Murray is little, and it makes a difference. Okay. And then, secondly, the circumstances were different. So, the 230 million guaranteed does not mean. I mean, it does change the marketplace, but it doesn't mean that the next guy up now is to get 231. It's a little different. There's no doubt about that. Um, Dak Prescott and those other guys who signed. There have been a lot of. You want to call them mistakes or not? There are deals where you look back and you go, "I don't know if I would have done that deal." Dak's not there yet. But certainly Carson Wentz got there pretty quickly. Jared Goff got there pretty quickly. Before you hand over that next, even if it's key, it's not market setting, but it's, you know, <laughs> near the top, well, you better be sure. And See,
3: I, I I argue against the Jared Goff situation mm-hmm. simply because he led him to the Super Bowl and led him to playoffs after the Super Bowl. It wasn't a mistake. It's just that for whatever reason, Sean – ran out of patience in terms of dealing with Jared Goff. Do I think if Jared Goff was there last year, this year, next year, that the Rams could be in the same similar position and try to make a run for the division in the Super Bowl? I think so.
2: Key. Because he's no, done it before. But, but, but make a run but complete the deal? Yeah, that's the whole Oh, thing I, I didn't – okay, but, yeah. but that's
3: not a mistake. A mistake is— Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah, it's a different— Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah.
2: there are levels to it, right? Yeah, it's a mistake is a
3: guy that you gave some money to that couldn't play dead in a cowboy movie. I don't think that's Jared Goff. Carson Wentz was too early. His was too early. They, 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 They jumped the gun a little too early. They got all giddy based on him performing at a certain level, and they got happy and paid him. He didn't do what Jared Goff was doing. So it's a little different. Dak Prescott, much like you said, Max, what do you, what do you call the thing? What's the thing called that the sand is in and you turn it upside down? Hourglass. Glass. Yeah, that thing. It, it, <laughs> he's, they didn't turned it upside down on him. So it's like, you know, now yeah, it's yeah, yeah, yeah. slowly
1: trickling down. But he ain't com- going to be able to turn it back over. But my point is, I, barring injury, uh, Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, He's kind of got Justin Herbert to be like, you know. Yeah, we go, you You're going to slid Justin just Herbert I don't right? have to slip anybody in. Justin Herbert's going to about it. He's already doing look, this thing. I, but, but look, here's but I what I was say saying to you, li- though. Uh, yeah, yeah, okay. I'm just
2: saying, as it relates to talent, I hear what you're saying. But let's just hold up putting Justin Herbert's name in the same thing with, you know, yeah, like he Patrick Mahomes.
1: Sure. Although his first two seasons, I have Patrick Mahomes, is Super Bowl champion. No, uh, I, 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 I'm just, of course, I'm just, yeah, i are just. By there there the levels way, to it, there's no one. And with we're, just clarifi-
2: we're just clarifying. But the levels. bottom line that's is all. Justin Herbert's is,
1: first it, two years of his career are in the conversation for the greatest I, first two years of all time for a single player. I understand what the yeah.
2: talent is. I understand what that equates <clears throat> to. Just,
1: I had a pretty good first two years too, there, Max. <laughs> 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 so then you know. So then game recognized game. What do you think about Justin Herbert? Uh, that no, tall just, was, how
2: do we transition to get to Justin Herbert right now? Justin, that, well, that was
1: you and Max. But what yeah, I was, was going to say is the point is, is those guys you don't. No, feel I, understand. Like it's, I understand. It's a risk what you say to sign him up. You know what I mean?
3: Yeah. But, yeah, but okay. So here's what I would say to that, huh? though. S- sustainability is important. Mm-hmm. Josh Allen gave us two so so's and two goods. Now, let's see what happens. Mm-hmm. There's no Brian Dable. So you could be having the same conversation two years from now was, well, did they pay Josh Allen too much money because now all of a sudden they, it doesn't look, you know what I'm saying? So I do. It, I don't like to say that because somebody hasn't finished a deal that it was a mistake to give them a certain amount of money because
1: Patrick Mahomes finished the deal. He finished it a couple times. The the reason I say that is I'm thinking if you're that team do you want out of the contract, even even if you say, well, they already accomplished certain things, that's fine. But does there come a time where the team goes, man, I wish we were out of this contract, right? Absolutely. So, right, yeah. So that's what I mean about Kyler, Key. Kyler, because of his size and so far his propensity for wearing down as the season goes on, I can understand where a team was like, what – you know what are we going to do about this? Well, that's
2: the biggest question mark. How much is guaranteed? Because of that size and because of the fact that he has but, been durable multiple years. But when, but years when in you row.
3: drafted him, he wasn't going to grow overnight. Yeah, I, so I get you, it, you, you knew already knew what you were getting, knew, getting into. But you still. already
2: knew what you were getting into. But it doesn't make you, the decision easier, though. You know what I mean?
3: Well, it, it it does make it easy if you already know what what to expect. You already know small bodies tend to wear down and get hurt. You already know that he's tied to Cliff Kingsbury and Steve Kahn. You knew that we when already know these him. things. Yeah. Right. Well, how
2: about the leadership aspect of it though? I mean, if you're an organization and we're watching guys that need to lead men on a But you already know basis, that
3: too though, Jay. Yeah, you no, already know I,
2: he's immature. Yeah.
3: You already know that, so, you're just so your hope that's
2: where it is. You're stuck with it.
3: Your hope you're stuck with it, but you hope that as a young man, which he will, he'll grow out of what people would deem as immature based on not getting his way, pouting, I'm going to take my ball and go home, the, you know, I want my money, Went, He's going to grow out of that. He has to grow out of it, and I think he probably is growing out of it. You bring a comfort to him when you bring a guy like Hollywood Brown in. There's a, there's
1: a certain reason that they do those sort of things. Keyshawn J. Wimax is presented by Progressive Insurance. All right, let's go from Arizona to Foxborough. Uh-oh. Bring in Patriots reporter extraordinaire, Mike Reese. Mike, how are you?
5: Doing well, guys. How are we doing this
1: morning? Great to have
5: you. Mike, are always. you
2: outside Gillette Stadium? That's uh, the most important question we're going to ask you I'm today. I'm
5: here with your guys behind the scenes in Bristol, Connecticut Ooh. today. We're out here for some meetings. I said, hey, can I come late to the meetings? I know Key wants me out at Gillette. And they said, no, we need you in Bristol. So I came to Bristol.
3: Well, see, if you'd have let me know a little earlier, I could have had them do a, a mock of a... Stadium in the studio and put a big Gillette sign behind and have some snow coming down out of the ceiling and you should stay there holding the mic. There.
1: <laughs> Let me find out Mike Reese has never actually been to Gillette. That Wouldn't that be something? Mike, uh, <clears throat> how likely is it that Belichick ends up calling plays for the Pats this season?
5: Max, I don't, I don't think it's likely. I would say if it happens, it would be... <laughs> Uh, a lower option like I don't think that's his intention to do that I think he knows that if he has to um, that's an option he can call on what stood out to me so I was out at practice yesterday it was their first um, OTA open to the media and he was calling them yesterday Max like there was one time where he looked down at, at a card in his hand and he said something to Mac Jones and then Mac Jones went and said whatever Belichick had said to the other 10 guys on offense and they ran a play so it sort of told me, like, hey, that's an option if they want to go there. Uh, but I also saw Joe Judge do something similar, the quarterback's coach. Matt Patricia, who's working with the offensive line, I saw him do something similar. So one of those three, I'd say, is probably where it's going to end up. Um, but Belichick, to me, would probably be third on that list. You know,
3: Mike, the, 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 the Patriots have done this in the past when when Josh McDaniel had left the first time around and, and Bill O'Brien – Belichick basically had an offense, a committee on the play calling side where everybody kind of dialed in and chimed in in these situations. And I've been with Bill Parcells where we've done that before too. We had an offensive coordinator, but everybody kind of had their turn at calling plays. Whether it was Todd Haley, Maurice Carthon, Sean Payton, whether it was uh, uh, Charlie Weiss along with Dan Henning and Bill Belichick. I mean, Bill Parcells. So it wouldn't be. It wouldn't be a shock to me if Bill did something similar, not the entire game, but at certain situations down in distance, things of that nature, parts of the field, where he has a little bit of a better feel for what the defense may do, having been a defensive specialist
5: himself. So, Key, and if we apply that to to this year's Patriots, how that might work. So, Matt Patricia, when I'm watching practice yesterday, he's over with the offensive linemen, and they came together – with the skill guys and that's when Matt Patricia was sort of leading the offense he was calling things out and, and I looked at that and I said well it looks like they're working on some run game stuff so maybe Matt Patricia's the run game coordinator here right and then when it was seven on seven and Joe Judge was over with the quarterbacks receivers tight ends he was the one calling stuff out so oh, maybe Joe Judge is maybe a little bit of a passing game coordinator here and then At times, Belichick sort of oversaw the whole thing, and he was calling things out. So, to your point, like, that group is working together. Ultimately, I do think Belichick will want one voice that sort of ties it all together. But right now, they're sort of taking that team approach. Mike Reese, ESPN Patriots reporter, joining us here on Keyshawn J. Will and Max.
2: Mike, I I did want to ask you about Bill Belichick yesterday seeming frustrated with the media. How surprised were you by that?
5: I was shocked, Jay. That has never happened before when I've been in that media room. I mean, no, I'm just joking. (laughs) Um, Look, here's the thing with Bill and my my view, just from having been in that room, what, 20-plus years now, is timelines. He doesn't like timelines. You're trying to nail him down on, you know, when do you need to declare your play caller? And he's saying... When do we need to call plays? You know, our first game is not until September, right? Like, so to <laughs> Here me, <I> go Max, <laughs> right? I mean, yeah. or, Kyler
1: Murray, right? Or,
5: or how about yes. this, guys? I mean, um, you know, injuries, right? Like, uh, he'll never tell you when a guy will be back. So that that type of thing. Anytime you go timeline with Bill, you're probably going to get some pushback. Mike, you've been up
3: there, like you said, twenty plus years. You 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 know the landscape. Is there? Do, do you sense? that there is a stress, so to speak, around Coach Belichick having to deal with the Tom Brady winning, me not winning, dealing with not winning a playoff game. Do you sense that the fans and, and people in Boston, especially what Mr Kraft said earlier in the year about, you know, being disappointed, do you sense that there's something there with Belichick where there's a stress level?
5: He, honestly, I would go the other direction. Like, I was watching practice yesterday, and I'm thinking to myself, this guy just turned 70 in April. And I'm watching him really coach receivers like he's a quality control coach. Like, he's right in the middle of a drill, and he's giving them, like, keep your eyes up, you know, when you get to the top of your route. Um, And I'm thinking to myself, this guy just loves coaching. and. It was almost like I'm looking at him like, does he ever get tired of this? He's been through this so many years. So if if anything, I didn't sense any stress. I sensed passion from him, like he's doing what he wants to do. And, yeah, there's a little bit of pressure, right? I mean, they haven't won a playoff game um, since 2018, the year they won the Super Bowl, you know, um, and beat the Rams that year. So there's, there's external pressure. No doubt about it. The owner Robert Kraft is—he expects a lot. That's there, but I don't sense that from Belichick himself when I watch him.
2: Hey, Mike, is there any concern around this open competition for who the play caller is going to be? Obviously, Josh McDaniels going to the Raiders. Now you have Matt Patricia there. You have Joe Judge. You know, anything that the players are saying about how that process is coming along?
5: You know, Jay, I, I, so a couple things. In terms of, like, I don't know if I would say it's a competition with who's going to be the play caller. Like, I, I think Bill has a pretty good idea where he's going with it. He just doesn't want to let anyone know. But I will say from talking to players, I would say there's curiosity. Hmm. You know, more than concern, like, how's this going to work when we ultimately get to the games? And here's why. You know, Joe Judge's background is mostly special teams in the NFL. Matt Patricia's background is mostly defense in the nfl and then you pair with that the excellence of josh mcdaniels like josh he was josh was given a lot of latitude by bill belichick to run that offense the way he thought it should be run and while bill was involved and met with the quarterbacks weekly like that was josh's show you know for a lot of this so i think players really respect josh's excellence and so there's curiosity how this transition is going to go
1: um mike reese ESPN Patriots reporter here on Keyshawn, J. Willemax.
5: How much, instead of not, it's not
1: generic like pressure, how much pressure is there on Mac Jones? But we've already seen, oh, he's getting into better shape and all this. What are the expectations for Mac Jones in year two?
5: Yeah, really high. I mean, Max, I, I was out at their draft party, and I was listening to, you know, the owner, Robert Kraft, tell the season ticket members, like, we think we've got the coach and the quarterback you know, to lead us where we want to go. And when I hear those words, it's like, okay, last year they wanted to bring Mac along as a rookie, not put too much on his plate. And Mac actually said yesterday, when you're a rookie, all those plates are hot when you're coming in as a rookie in the NFL. But this year, I, I, I just feel like there's been a shift. It's like, Mac, be that leader, right? And we're going to put it on you to be that leader and to elevate that much more. So I think it's fair to say that the, the expectation is raised for Mac entering year two, which Bill Belichick always says, that's the year players usually make their biggest jumps. So, f- uh, okay, we got another one. I was going to ask
3: you, Mike, did they do enough this offseason in the draft to make a, a real
2: run in the division? Got to be quick, Mike.
5: I'll be quick. Key defense would be the question to me. I mean, offensively, they have most of their skill guys back. Their first round pick on the offensive line, Cole Strange at guard, was right in there with the starters yesterday. So, to me, My question would be, did they do enough on defense? That'll be what I'll be watching.
1: Mm. AFC East, this is not your slightly older brother's AFC East. Not anymore. Thank you, Mike Reese, as always. Appreciate it, guys. All right, Mike. Key, before we get out of here, we have 30 seconds. Can the Patriots possibly win the East?
3: I, I couldn't even hear you, Max. Could the Patriots, could, could win, the the Patriots
1: win the East? We got 20 seconds. Yeah,
3: I don't know if they could. I, they, they certainly can finish in second again and go to the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Buffalo is just a Buffalo strong team. I need to see what Ken Dorsey does as the offensive coordinator
1: with Josh Allen. Mm-hmm. That'll tell me a lot. Keyshawn J. Will and Max, ESPN Radio. Where was the effort from the Heat in Game 4? We'll talk about that next. KJM. Keyshawn J. Will and Max, the podcast.